Well, hi, everybody. This is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. And we're coming to you from all over the world. I'm in Roatan, <laughs> Honduras. Danielle's in Zurich, Switzerland. And the our, magic of the interwebs. And our the sound quality you hear is probably not the best, and we really apologize for that. But we're so excited that we can be uh, – well, Roatan isn't just not anywhere. It's very far from not anywhere. And as a result, it's it's amazing that we have this capability. But I want to give thumbs up to Infinity Bay um, Resort because they have fabulous internet. It really is good. It's fast. So if you want yeah, to come, we're for- lucky that we can do this at all this week. So we're going to keep it short today, everybody, because of the sound quality and because we're a little bit worried about the very good internet for Roatan, but maybe not the best internet for recording podcasts. And also the the maid may be breaking into my room at any minute. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But what we had to talk about today, we have to break into what we've been doing, which is talking about behavioral economics. And we have to break in and talk about the crazy thing that happened last week. What happened last week, Dad? Which is that um, Whole Foods was just given an offer and accepted the offer from Amazon. So here we have one incredible entrepreneur, Jeff Bezos, uh, at Amazon, acquiring the business of another incredible world-shaking entrepreneur, um, John Mackey at Whole Foods. And oh man, it is so amazing because it really shook up the world in a lot of different ways. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, it's so exciting. I mean, not just because... I'm like the biggest champion of Amazon ever. I was starting to wonder when my <laughs> when my love was going to pay off. And then all of a sudden it paid off. I mean, it's crazy. And I've been talking to a lot of people about this purchase. I mean, it's huge international news, not just for people who love Whole Foods. Because Amazon is trying to get into the grocery business in a very local way with this acquisition. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating. And I think they, I think it's genius. First of all, I wish I had thought of it. And I think it's going to change the way we buy groceries forever, frankly. And, and let me just tee this up because this didn't just happen in a vacuum. It wasn't just sort of, oh, John Mackey decided one day to sell his child. What happened was... A company called Jana Partners is a hedge fund out of New York run by some, you know, I'm just going to say it, some pretty ruthless people who are, you know, in the hedge fund world. They're out to just make money. That's all they care about, basically. And they don't care about a mission at all. I'm just going to say I might be wrong. That's my opinion. Um, And what happened was they decided that Whole Foods was vastly underpriced by the market for the reason that John Mackey was running the company wrong. And so Yeah, it's been a really interesting ride in Whole Foods for the last year or so, year and a half. Mm-hmm. So Whole Foods at one point had a stock price somewhere around seventy, I think it was, seventy-five. And everyone thought that seemed pretty reasonable. And then it started to fall. Basically, I, actually, people I've, started wondering Oh, go ahead. I've owned Whole Foods all the way up to 90. Actually. Oh, 90? Yeah, that, that's a while back. That's before the crash. But um, yeah, I've, I've owned Whole Foods. I've sold it up in that range, bought it back, sold it at 60, bought it back, 
sold it at 50, <laughs> you know, but every, it's been going through this sort of up and down, gradual, long slide down. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Because it's such an incredible brand and they changed everything about the way we buy food and a lot about the food we buy. And we've talked about it so much on this podcast because we're obsessed with it. But um, for people who haven't been following it as much as we have, I mean, it used to be that you could not find organic food in regular conventional grocery stores. If you went to Kroger or Safeway or Albertsons, there was no organic food. You had to go to the weird little organic grocery store, like tucked away maybe in your town if you had one. And you had to buy like weird, crunchy hippie food from the weird, crunchy hippie who ran it. And that was it. That was your option for organic food. And what Whole Foods did, along with Wild Oats, by the way, a Boulder original company, was to Which make- Whole Foods bought. Right. which Whole Foods bought. They yeah. had a huge war between them, and then Whole Foods won and bought out Whole, bought out Wild Oats. Uh, and between the two of those big chains, they basically made organic, natural foods become mainstream and become something that people were willing to pay a premium for and that involved a good buying experience. Yep. And that changed everything the way we buy food. But... They were so good at it that conventional grocery stores got in on it. And now when you go to Kroger or Safeway or Albertsons, they have an entire organic section of really good organic food options. And that is what started to make Whole Foods not have such great profit margins. Right. Right. So a couple of things here that you just mentioned. The, the whole, when Whole Foods acquired Wild Oats, the federal government got involved in an antitrust case. They took the position, the federal government took the position that Whole Foods should not be allowed to acquire wild oats because it would uh, put almost all other competitors at an extreme disadvantage that would work against the consumer um, because without competition, the combined companies could set prices high and the consumer would have no choices and therefore um, it was a monopoly and and the federal government regulators caused no end to misery for the two companies who were trying to combine um, while they were starting to face this emerging competition so there was an antitrust case going on at the time of the merger uh, way back. No, right after. Yeah, at the merger. They didn't want them to merge. And it's yeah, just an... In- I mean, that's pretty typical, frankly. There's always an antitrust case when it comes to two large players merging in one market. It, it also so tells you... Well, it also tells you something about government interference and regulator interference with the markets that some government bureaucrat should be allowed to determine that a a market will be competitive or not competitive. In other words, I would argue that, you know, these are relatively smart lawyers, I'm sure, who work for the federal government, but they're not smart enough for those kinds of decisions. Nobody is. And as a result, they end up creating a a skew in the marketplace for no reason whatsoever. It's happened multiple times. They did the same thing to uh, Microsoft right about the time Google was beginning to hand them their rear end. Microsoft was buried by an antitrust case. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, I do. 
know, I don't know if I want to get too much into like anti-monopoly conversation, but I do think that uh, monopolies are dangerous to the market and there is a place for government intervention in monopoly creating mergers. So I actually have a very good friend who is an excellent antitrust attorney and works on these kinds of cases, but privately he doesn't work for the government. So he does, he would like work for the company who is trying to create this merger that the government is trying to prevent. Right. Um, and but, it's, it's a world I know almost nothing about. And it's actually a lot like bankruptcy in that in the legal world, you are either a bankruptcy lawyer or you're not. And you don't know anything about bankruptcy if you're not a bankruptcy lawyer. It's a lot like that with antitrust. Like, it's yeah. very specialized. You're either an antitrust lawyer or you're not. And, uh, and if you are, it's, I've heard it's a really fantastic, interesting field. But I do think that there's a place for government intervention in those things. But I actually don't know about the Whole Foods Wild Oats. I, I think um, I'm going to make the argument that there is no place for government intervention, that that is an insane use of government power, and it's abused on a regular basis to the vast uh, uh, losses of the consumer and the companies that the public owns, like a Whole Foods, a Wild Oats. Uh, you know, you go, you go back over time, and, and the only monopolies that you can find that dominate anything for very long are utility-type monopolies, right? And perhaps there's some kind of case to be made for those. But holy smokes, man, when you get into regulated industries that, that are controlled by the federal government, that's where you have massive pricing problems, right? I mean, take a look at the airlines industry before uh, it was deregulated. Essentially, it would cost you, I mean, easily cost you seven, $800 in 1965 to fly from San Francisco to New York. I mean, that's like charging you $3,000 today, and that was coach, all right? And you go up to Canada. I'm not sure what you're talking about. What so I'm talking about is when that they. that was a monopoly or it was not a monopoly? Yeah, it was a government-regulated monopoly. They, oh, okay. they regulated it. So and then, prices, you're saying prices were high because there wasn't enough competition. Yeah, because the government was involved, right? And no, then they when they got they out of it. the monopoly. Right. And when they got out of it, then all of a sudden you had a lot of pricing competition. So what companies try to do when pricing competition gets too severe is they try to combine. They try to merge with their with their opponent. And that's what's happened in the airline industry. So can you imagine if the government got involved again in the airline industry and refused to allow these mergers? What's happened? Which they, I mean, if they're whining about about Whole Foods and, and Wild Oats and can't have the foresight to see that if this is a valid marketplace that big grocery stores are going to get into it, they could, they did not have the foresight to see that. If you can believe that, I mean, everybody in the world is like, well, I don't know if these two companies are going to make it in the long run because guess what? Costco is going to get in the business. Walmart's going to get into business. Everybody's going to get in the business, but the morons in the federal government couldn't quite see that because they're just right. busy little bees who want to just, sure. uh, Well, I have the I have the benefit of twenty twenty hindsight in this case, and it was moronic on on, I on hindsight. I promise you that all of your examples of oh this monopoly happened and it was terrible, or this anti monopoly didn't happen because of these things. The government was involved in a lot of 
the companies not merging who wanted to. And I think you would see a lot more monopolistic behavior if it wasn't for our antitrust laws. Moving on, after the moronic attempt to uh, to consider that Wild Oats and, and Whole Foods shouldn't merge, we have found that the market became incredibly competitive, um, actually. And Whole Foods Moat, which is its brand, and to a large degree also its secrets moat in terms of being able to manage vast arrays of, of uh, vegetables and fruits without you know ruining all your profits. This is quite a Whole Foods secret. But the main sure. thing is brand, right? First mover, biggest uh, in the industry, big niche player, and then in come all these big low-cost guys to come in and, and hammer their niche. And so Whole Foods is working through that process of how do we compete in a world where our, our uh, exclusivity for organic food is no longer there? How do we compete with this? So Jana Partners didn't like the way they were competing, and they bought 9% of the uh, of the company, which is a big amount, and and what that did is it gave them uh, a, the the right to demand a board seat, and the yeah. right and so this fight started up because if they own nine percent, they can then go to a lot of other funds who have a lot of money in Whole Foods and say, hey guys, we're going to lobby you to come with us on a vote. And let's throw out the old board. Let's put in our new board. Let's fire John Mackey. He doesn't know what he's doing. And they actually began attacking John Mackey, basically trying to tear down his reputation. And Mackey went public with it and said, screw you. You're a bunch of ruthless, greedy bastards. And that's a quote. And Yeah, he did. He did. I, <laughs> got, I got Google alert about it. I was like, oh, no. This is, this is uh, yeah, this is getting really heated. I should also add, it's not that Jana's partners just came out of nowhere and everyone was shocked that the high equity group wanted in on foods. I mean, Whole Foods had been having price problems for a while, and everybody, including John Mackey, knew that they needed to figure out what to do with this company going forward to the point where, so John Mackey had been the CEO for a long time, but... He had a co-CEO for a while who was meant to come in and kind of modernize the Whole Foods system. And that guy actually left before Jana came in. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, you know, the details of his departure, but he left with quite a lot of money, as they always seem to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and John Mackey became the sole CEO, and Jana came in right at about the same time. Right. So you've got a company that had – was born with a very long horizon, somebody that doesn't think anything about a one quarter rate of return for investors or a one year rate of return for investors, someone who's trying to change the world and wants people to own the business who are in for the ride, like, you know, going to be in it for the long run. And so Mackie now is faced with these guys who are in it for the short run, absolutely all they want is to spend their 9% and triple their money or double their money and get out. They don't care anything about the long-term results of the company. They don't care if it fails, whatever that they do doesn't matter as long as they double or triple their money quickly. That's just a fact about the way these guys work. So, and that's their business. And I actually think there's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's, but if you were to ask a, 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 a caribou, if there's anything wrong with the wolves, they might, (laughs) you know, they might have a different view. 
you know, but from, but. Well, yeah, that would be, okay, we can talk about that. I'm happy to hear what you're thinking about there because I, I, maybe it would have been, but I'll tell you, man, when you carve the heart out of a company, and often the founders are the heart, the founders are the ones that keep it going in the right direction. And I'm thinking of people like, you know, uh, uh, like the McDonald's brothers of McDonald's were the heart and soul of that business, right? And then Ray Kroc took it and ran it. And again, I kind of changed some things that made it a little bit different business, made it very successful. I shouldn't criticize it. Very successful. But man, the original founders didn't want it to be like that, right? They wanted something different. Right. And, right. Uh, and so this is, this is kind of a, the, a really unique uh, moment where we can look at the clash between short-term gains uh, from a financial, you know, from an investor's point of view and the long-term uh, mission of a company. And you've, you've yeah. written a lot about mission and you've talked a lot about mission. And, and I, I love the Whole Foods mission, just like you do. And apparently, so does Jeff Bezos, who is running Amazon. So Mackie is attacked by Janet. And according to what's come out recently, as early as like mid-April, he was already talking to Jeff Bezos about maybe buying the company. So he was looking for what in our industry is called a white knight to come mm-hmm. in and, and, and take over your company in such a way that you get to continue your mission. So you've got somebody friendly there who will help you continue to run the company the way you want to run it. Well, and that's the big question coming out of this. I think you hit the nail on the head is that's that people are very concerned that this is like Walmart buying Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Amazon is known as being a sort of, you know, ruthless retailer who doesn't treat its employees that well and is entirely about its bottom line and by doing so has changed the entire world. But how do those two things really, how does that mesh with Whole Foods' mission of being good to its employees and focusing on like individual stores and, and customers and and generally being a force for good in the world of food. Amazon has not been those things traditionally. And I think the combination could be fantastic for Amazon, could lead them in that direction, or could be something that guts the mission of Whole Foods. Yep, it absolutely could be. And nobody really knows for sure because and nobody really knows what what yeah. Mackey's done is he's you know it's potentially the, the case of jumping from the frying pan right into the fire and and so we'll find out. Obviously, he thinks it's a. I'm sure he's had discussions with Bezos about all this, but we don't we're not privy to them. What we do know is that Whole Foods is iconic for the concept of conscious capitalism. There, you know, John is is pioneering this notion that the the mission of a company is far greater than just making money. And you'll listen to Jim Cramer, you listen to a lot of people, and they'll tell you that the only reason to have a company is to make money, which is idiotic, in my opinion. You know, if, if that's what people did, all they would do is, you know, form pet rock companies all the time. Companies are formed to solve a problem. And the bigger the problem, the more difficult the problem, um, you know, the, the, the more interesting the, the business is for people to be working on it. So, I mean, you've got all these fantastic people who are working at Google who are there 
because they're solving problems that no one's been able to even think about before. They're not in it for the money. It's ridiculous. And it's the same with Amazon, by the way. And it's the they're same with Amazon. They're solving the problems of all of us who need things delivered easily. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is your global reporter. You guys, my dad just showed me on Skype his view of this like amazing blue water and his incredible <laughs> huge balcony that's the size of my apartment. Don't tell anybody this. I'm, I'm trying to get by with the I'm in the third world, you know. All right, so we're going to just sign off from Honduras. My whole system is getting wobbly. I'm watching Danielle fade. It looks like somebody on Star Trek. So I'm going to say goodbye. This is me, Phil Town, signing off your reporter from far away, Honduras. We'll be back next week, guys. Time to go And play. we'll talk about Amazon and Whole Foods more next week. And I think we'll have even more news next week on what's behind this deal. So that'll be good. Yeah. And we'll talk about how much money Daniel made on this deal. It's crazy. Talk to you later. Time to go play. See you guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Invested. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to investedpodcast.com for our show notes and a special offer on how the podcast listeners can attend my three-day transformational investing workshop for free, where we just teach the heck out of you for three straight days. We don't sell anything and we get you a scholarship to come to it for free. So come on over there and take a look at that. And by the way, as our lawyers want me to say, everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion. My opinion's right. And is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So this podcast is just for your entertainment and education only. And I hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, time to go play.